Welcome back everybody to this week's episode of Why Like This. I am your moderator for this evening, Adeline, and today we will be talking about cohabiting with your partner before marriage. Joining us today, we have Nick. Hi. Tara. Hello. And Nadia. Hi. Okay, so I'm just I'm just gonna jump straight into this. Living with your partner before marriage. Yes or no? Macham yes. Macham yes. Nick. I mean, do what makes you happy, look. As long as you're not bothering anybody, just do whatever you want. So, with that being said, yeah, totally, I guess. <laughs> Nadia, what about you? I think I'm Switzerland in this. I've never experienced it and I've never known anyone who have experienced it. So, I don't have that kind of opinion. But I think, like Nick said, do what you want. I'm okay with it. Wait, uh, this. Who here is currently in a relationship that is living with their partner? Does the partner have to be alive? <laughs> you okay or not? Your partner has to be alive. Okay, then, what then did then you no. do, murder her? No follow-up questions. Thank you. <laughs> My answer is no. I think it's time to call a bomb. <laughs> Wait, so none of you guys... Are, okay, are any of you guys in a relationship right now also? No. No. Uh, same question as before. Nick, yes. Right. <laughs> okay, so no. Okay, so I'm I'm the only person here who is in a relationship and living with my partner. Mm-hmm. So what's yeah. that like, Evelyn? Yeah. I love the man, mm-hmm. but... Oh, shit. <laughs> it's not unlike living with your siblings who are also messy. Okay, oh, right. Uh, that... that that aspect of it, then, yeah, it's not unlike living with your siblings. So does that involve a lot of, like, cleaning up after him? Yes. Babysitting, cooking for him. To, okay, to be fair, he also does the cooking. Okay, that's good. And as wondrous as his cooking is, so is the mess that he leaves in the kitchen. <laughs> as the Lord gives, so he shall take. But uh, overall, what, what is your experience? I mean, are you happy living with your partner? Do you see, like, a future with him? Yeah, we... Again, I, I don't know if this is everybody's experience because I do understand that, you know, not everybody lives with their partner with the intention to eventually get married, you know. Some people just want to like, oh, okay, we, we're happy living together. We don't need um, a piece of paper to, to tell us that, you know, we're together and we're happy, lah, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, personally for me, we do see a future that does end in marriage. Okay. So, Yeah. It's okay lah, you know. It, I don't know whether I would recommend it or not because I think it really depends on the relationship that you have with your partner at first, mm-hmm. to be very honest. I feel like cohabitation is like the natural next step in a relationship, like a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, fathom an alternative to that. If you don't cohabit, then get married in that gradual progression. Well, how does it happen then? You go from dating to getting married. Yeah, for a lot of people, it's like that though. Yeah, I think oh. for some people, they don't see marriage as an option if you catch my drift. So this is the closest thing to a long-term commitment. If you think about it, let's say in our parents' time, la, I think the belief is that there's a natural progression to life where cohabiting doesn't is not in that that progression where you get born you get educated you graduate you get a job you start dating someone you get married you have kids so there's there's Ooh. no like in between the dating and getting married right like there was nothing 
nothing there yeah either people didn't talk about it or it's just they wanted to ignore the in between so you you guys earlier said that okay yeah you're for it sarah said you're for it nick and nadia are kind of okay do what you will with it as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anyone right mm-hmm. but personally mm-hmm. would you guys practice it yeah i think i would yeah no yeah i would <laughs> i would it is a yes yes no yeah we'll start with the mm-hmm. no <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more uh it's more religious for me because I wasn't I mean my parents didn't do it and like I I I don't see anyone else doing it ex uh, like any muslims lah so I just don't I don't know it's a natural thing I guess it's just like oh kalau haram tak payah buat that kind of thing mm okay So it's a clear thing for you that it's it's against your religion. That's why you don't want to do it at all. Yeah, for me lah. But for other people, if like I see another Muslim couple doing it, I'd just be like, oh, okay. So that's between you and God. I'm really, I'm not, I'm not gonna touch that. Hmm. I guess that's fair. Hmm. Okay. Nick, what about you? Yes, I would do it because if you love somebody, you should spend uh, as much time as possible together. But does that, I mean, can't you love her in two separate homes? Can love, but why? <laughs> I mean, this is a this is not everybody love for sure because not everyone who cohabits like are deeply in love in, with each other. Sometimes it's just a matter of convenience. But if you are, then I don't see why not. I think that's the best thing for you to do. Because yeah, like Tara said, marriage is not everyone's priority. At least not anymore. I I certainly haven't. I certainly wouldn't consider it unless my part partner wants to. I guess for me, the the pinnacle of a relationship, taking marriage out of the equation, would be cohabitation mm. or a more evolved form of that love. Because my personal view is that marriage is just cohabitation, but with a certificate. I don't know. It doesn't mean that much to me. It I think it means more to our parents and those that came before than to our generation, love. But that's not for mm. everybody. Okay, we'll we'll circle back to that point. Mm-hmm. But Tara, why would you do it? It seemed like one they said in the in earlier in the beginning. It's I see it as the next natural step, especially if it's a long term relationship. To me, it only makes sense to understand your partner's habits before committing to something like a marriage. In order to do that, you have to learn how to live together and know each other in a domestic setting. On the one hand, you can see it as marriage training, or it's just you know you learn how to live with someone lah. Like in general, I mean, it's up to you also because like some people just are fine living their entire lives alone. But for people who want that connection, cohabitation seems logical lah. It does. But when I was younger, I I didn't know any better or things like that. And like you grow, you grow as you grow. So um, I just thought that. Why live together? Why not just kawin? Because you're already together. So what's the harm in just getting a certificate to prove that you guys are together? Yeah, that's fair as well. For me, it's marriage involves a lot. It's not just between two people, especially in a very collective society in Asia, in general in Malaysia, where marriage also involves families. Oh. It involves a lot of societal contracts, and law is brought into it. Cohabiting has less of a commitment 
financially mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. in terms of owning property mm-hmm. etc so it's more mm-hmm. of a testing things out yeah, before okay. committing <laughs> but right to those people who to, who don't believe in the institution of marriage so for them cohabitation mm-hmm. is it right so from the testing phase like this is what this is what i've been thinking about this is what i don't get is from that testing phase how do you know you've evolved to a, to a form that is more like marriage but without getting married you know what i mean that's the thing we are thinking too much within the realm of marriage whereas these people don't think within that institution at all so for them this is the highest level of commitment you can make and full stop so once you start living with your partner that's it it's something less intense than marriage okay so a few of us brought up the parent issue right do you think that mm. how we feel about it or how how we choose to act upon you know whether we we want to cohabit before marriage or not do do you think that has anything to do with our parents beliefs of it yeah i would agree that we think like our parents sometimes for example my mom i talked to her about this uh, i told her the next podcast title was about cohabitation and she's like oh so that like, you should be against it and i'm like um yeah i guess she's like no you don't guess you are against it yeah why should i be against it and she's like oh it's because it's against your religion so you should follow what your religion says so yeah it all comes back to religion But yeah, I agree, definitely, because as someone who is a Muslim, we have to follow what our religion says. I mean, as any kind of religion, lah, kan? I don't agree with my parents. <laughs> This entire, uh, my opinion on cohabitation, to me, is a very personal decision. I'd like to think my parents are quite progressive on most matters, but when they're still quite traditional when it comes to issues like cohabitating and i feel like that they're a reflection of a lot of older malaysians uh, beliefs on cohabitating before marriage they wouldn't be happy about it if they knew i was living with a partner but i think they would eventually come around to that idea for me at the end of the day i think it's important that my parents understand that i'm a fully grown adult this is my life and sometimes that means i'm going to make decisions that they don't agree with It's not like I'm murdering anyone now, but, you know, I think that they would eventually accept it or at least tolerate it. But I don't know whether they would fully accept it. Okay. What about you, Nick? My perception of marriage was, I guess, was largely shaped by my parents' relationship with each other. And growing up, it was very rough luck, to say, to put it very mildly. Um, hmm. How do your parents feel about the the whole living together with your partner even before you get married? I don't know because uh, neither myself nor my brother are at that stage yet. And I know they can be very conservative. But my parents are slowly easing up. Lah. They are getting more and more progressive but not as much as I'd like, them, like for them to be. Like my brother has a Chinese girlfriend. So... Like, that was kind of uh, a stepping stone. Lah. Like, so my mom got to know my brother's girlfriend and now she's kind of uh, warming up to more progressive ideas about marriage. But I don't, I don't know how she feels about cohabitation per se. I think she'll come around. Lah. But she will insist until her dying breath that both her sons get married and she, she be there to see it. Despite how we feel about right. it. 
my views on marriage not good but we'll see interesting interesting all very different views i think like even from my personal experience it's quite um different lah yeah because you are, you're living with your partner and your dad is aware yeah. of it right she will ask so who's cooking today <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think um, growing up for me, my my parents have always been quite progressive, open minded. You know, it it it. They're not like, oh, you must do this because you're Chinese, or you must do this because da 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 that kind of thing. <laughs> so it was very, you want to do, you do. You know, uh, even in regards to mm-hmm. unhealthy vices, mm-hmm. um, it was very. Okay, for example, right, alcohol. By the way, disclaimer, TFF does not condone underage drinking. <laughs> but yeah, my, my dad, my parents were the ones who actually gave me my first beer or drink of alcohol. Because to them, it was, you should do it with us first and know your limits. Then only you go out and do it. But yeah, I think it was the, kind of the same with uh, the coke. So in, in regards to cohabiting my partner... I have a sister who's like 10 years older than me. So she did it first. Mm-hmm. So she was like the, the you know, the, the testing tube. The older sibling is always like the one to test Correct. the limits of the parents and then the younger sibling has a Correct. slightly easier Correct. time, I think. So yeah, <laughs> she did it. And then I was like, oh, okay, she do that, I can do lah. Yeah, so it was, um, it's, it's different lah for me, I guess. But also mm-hmm. just taking that into consideration, I was raised Catholic. So in terms of that, right, like religious, if you really want to follow like textbook Catholicism, it's not very far off from mm-hmm. Islam, where it's very conservative. Very, very conservative. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's not it's not very far off lah in terms of religion wise for us. But I guess you know it all comes down to mindset lah. How do your how do your partner's parents uh, do they know that you you two are living together? What are their thoughts on this? Uh, my partner's parents they will come and visit mm-hmm. us. Yeah the house wow, and wow. ask us if we need anything <laughs> sometimes they'll come and send food to the house or something <laughs> <laughs> not bad not bad actually I don't know how my, my partner's parents feel about it to be honest because they are quite I wouldn't say very conservative Catholic but they're quite staunch Catholics but so far no complaint lah. but they seem quite open to it I mean yeah, 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 yeah. correct because if not like they'll just like you know pack him up in the car one shot and take him home right exactly yeah. oh correct true, true. interesting okay okay I think I want to direct this question to Nadia first because as you said in terms of Islam right you memang not supposed to live with mm-hmm. your partner before marriage, lah, right? Yep. But does does this view of it change when it comes to a, a guy? For my par um for my parents' side, I don't think that it would change. But they are usually very loose thing on my brothers. Because I have four, right? And I'm the only girl. So it's I'm I can be more strict. So, like, whatever their views on religion or, like, any kind of parenting views of a window, I can do do. And then my brothers. Um, by the time my youngest brother is born, my parents are so mellow already. So, I, I don't think that it changes, though. Because my mom was very, very adamant on it being haram-haram lah. Kenapa nak kena buat? That kind of thing. But that's your family, right? Yeah. Do you think in general that, I don't know, people people are more accepting when it comes to guys wanting to do it as opposed to when it comes to girls wanting to do it? Yes. 
Yes. Even in the context of religion. Yeah. Even in the context of religion. Like, there are a lot of things that are haram that guy, when guys do it, it's, like, more acceptable. It's more, like, not acceptable, but in a way, it's... Overlooked. Ah, uh, it's more overlooked. Like, you know, in you're not supposed to smoke or you're not supposed to take drugs or whatever. But, like, if boys do... Boys smoke, it's more seen as, like, a, oh, okay, to lelaki. Biarlah dia. You perempuan janganlah buat macam tu. Tak elok. It's the tak elok. Yeah, I think it's like a patriarchal remnant of mm. our society lah. It's it's deeply yeah. ingrained already. It's been happening mm. for centuries. Yeah, Malaysian is still very much patriarchal in that sense. Back to your question, Adeline. I feel my parents were definitely, not to say super lenient lah, because my... Again, I like to think my parents are quite progressive lah. And they've reiterated to my sister and I that if they ever had a son, they would bring him up, bring him up the same way as they brought up my sister and I. But I think they might be subconsciously more lenient towards my hypothetical brother lah, if I did have a brother. <laughs> so if I, was, if I was a guy I th- and if I wanted to cohabit with my girlfriend or whatever, I think my parents... They would still be kind of weird about it, but they would come around quicker, I think. Nick, what about for you? It growing up, you're growing up in a family of all boys, right? Mm-hmm. Think that you get to do more things as compared to if you were a girl, or rather, do you think that you get away with doing more things than if you were to be a girl? I think I feel the void of the absence of a girl in the family for my mom. You know what I mean? I am near and dear to her, at least. In her eyes. So she... Actually, both of my parents, they very... I don't know. I never really felt like I had that much freedom as long as I'm living with them. As soon as I moved away for uni and now work, uh, I am more free because of... Because I disclose uh, less of what I do. So if they do find out about half of my day-to-day activities, I'm, I'm not sure they know or would agree or appreciate so what if, you know, you ended up cohabiting with someone and then they were to find out? How do you think they would react? In the context of what we're talking they about. Would ins- they would insist on marriage. Oh. Insist. Emphasis on insist. Sorry, regardless of your gender, you think the, the outcome would be the same? Uh, no. I've heard this in conversations. I've heard that little touch of patriarchy, mostly in my mom. Because she's a housewife and she was raised in a very traditional sense, very traditional Indian patriarchal sense. And her worldview revolves around that as well. So, uh, it's, I, I think a, a female version of me in an alternate reality would not be having a, such an easy time uh, with freedom and all of that. Mm. Cohabitation as well. Right, so just taking all of that into consideration, right, given that, you know, we're living in Malaysia, do you think the issue of cohabiting with your partner before marriage or even without the prospect of marriage altogether, do you think it's still frowned upon here in Malaysia? Short answer, yes. Depends on who you're asking. Yeah, the short answer is yes. If you're a young adult, urban Malaysian, English-speaking, in Klang Valley or, or urban areas in other, in other states, you're more likely to come across people who are open to it. Even if you yourself aren't willing to cohabit, there's less judgment when it comes to 
this bubble. Mm-hmm. But I think from a wider perspective, Malaysian society, our laws and everything are heavily influenced by conservative values. So when you look at this issue through that lens, it makes sense why cohabiting isn't very acceptable in Malaysia. Yeah, You, you brought up laws, but in actuality, besides the Sharia law, right? There's no rule against cohabiting in Malaysia. No, yeah, I didn't mean like there was no law against cohabiting in Malaysia, but it's it's just governed by a conservative English kind of colonial. Yeah, if you're a boomer, thing. you would be against mm-hmm. it. I don't think it'll die with the boomers, but I think it'll be less prominent as we grow older mm. in society. Yeah. Do you mean the judgment will be less prominent? Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. okay, in terms of statistics, right? Since the 1960s, actually, cohabiting has slowly become a bit more accepting as the years go by. Here in Malaysia, actually. Do you think there's still very open hostility against against this? Like, people who do cohabit? Open hostility, yeah? Like, it, what do you mean by that? Example, during family gatherings or what, you meet up with uh, family friends, you know, your parents meet up with your family friends, and mm. uh, they, your family friends find out that, oh, actually you're uh, cohabiting, but they're not married yet. So then the, the friend will be like, hiya, like that also can. Yeah, yeah do, you, do you think that's still something that happens? Oh, definitely. But that's also assuming if the parents tell people that their kids are cohabiting. Because it's like such a taboo thing in the first place to even openly talk about it with your relatives and for anyone outside the family to know. Your parents would want to keep it within the immediate family and prevent it from spreading and make them look like bad parents or whatever. So it's a lot of like jagger image kind of thing, you know? Yes. But why do you think it's still something so taboo? I think it's because it involves... There's an assumption that people who live together have sex. <laughs> yeah. Sex outside of marriage is seen in a, uh, according to a religion and a lot of uh, traditional values. In that sense, it's it causes a lot of judgment, especially among traditional people. So I would understand why people want to keep it within the family. That's why guys have easier, an easier time with it as well mm-hmm. because of you know sex and gender treated differently it's like you gotta stay pure until you get married and if you have sex or whatever you're complete you're in people find out you're ruined mm-hmm. no one will marry you mm-hmm. <laughs> some mild version of that till here either consciously or subconsciously stay women are encouraged no are not encouraged to explore their sexuality and remain virtuous until mm-hmm. they are married in the eyes of the law but men yes. even though they're not married are allowed to have sex and be men, quote-unquote. Like, what Nick says, cannot deny that it's quite prevalent in Malaysia, right? Okay, Nadia. Is there a word for cohabitation in in Islam? Marriage, yeah. (laughs) That's the word. (laughs) That's the word. (laughs) Oh, shit. Cohabitation in Islam is just marriage. You're not allowed to... You're not... uh, You're not allowed. It's illegal. You can get fined. You can go to jail. If you cohabitate with a partner that is not your husband or your wife, if you're a Muslim, it's called halwat, basically something like tangkap basah, things like that. So there's a lot to uh, there's a lot of risk involved for Muslims who do really want to commit to cohabitation. Yeah, it is a literal law. You cannot do it. <laughs> what then constitute like what's the line you draw? How do you how do the police Find fault with somebody. In it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, what if, for example, what if you 
there, there is no relationship whatsoever. You know, you're just friends. Oh, mm-hmm. and you just so happen to be in the, the, the same house, just different rooms. How does that yeah. then work? Great. <laughs> I, that, oh, I'm not sure about that because that's never, it has happened probably, but I've never heard of it because you have roommates who are of different genders, but mm-hmm. they're not, they're not common here. You can find them a lot in like U, uh, US or UK things like that right but in Malaysia you're just not allowed they put girls with girls uh, when you uh, let's say when you you're in college and there are these ads that says oh Muslim girl only or like uh, a perempuan sahaja so things like that then you know you can't you can't apply if you're a guy so it's not even within the same house because that can also constitute uh, halwat is it? Depends if you're caught. Yeah. I mean, okay, regardless of whether you're caught or not, lah. <laughs> I don't know. The, I mean, are you aware of like how frequently these kind of um, cases happen where people are caught for halwat? There are certain cases that go in the news that mm-hmm. uh, when you there are a few couples who go to motels and all that can. And they, the uh, Jais wouldn't find out if people talk, talk up. If they, there are no snitches, then right. you won't get caught. So it's like a civil arrest kind of thing. La. Mm. Like if, if you are caught in the wrong place at the wrong time, then... Yeah, if you see something, say something. Speaking of law and cohabitation, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the minority people that can't legally get married, the LGBTQ community. I mean, like, they, for them, cohabitation is it. And even that is illegal, you know? Yeah. It's two for one. Especially in Islamic law, mm. I'm sure, right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but then also, I guess, okay, just, just to bring up one more thing for that, I guess it would also be less sus for them because if you're same-sex, then you're still not technically going against the Khalwat laws, right? <laughs> Unless you're blatantly caught. I guess, yeah, I there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> we're not, we're mm. not providing loopholes, yeah, guys. Please, yeah. please. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, mm. a lot of LGBT couples can easily find a home together and rent because landlords are just in their roommates. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, not really a loophole, but yeah. Paul, you know, it might be happening here. Sure, it is. Yeah. yeah. So now we've talked about okay, we've mentioned the whole what our personal stance on this whole thing is. We've gone from cultural perception to even religious perception, right? But that being said, do you think there are minus if you take all of that out out from the equation, do you think there are benefits to cohabiting before marriage? You save more rent money a bit lah. Yeah. <laughs> It helps you with money. Yeah, and I think it's just to get to know your partner on a deeper level as well. This is more of like an interpersonal factor. Nadia, what do you think? I, if you don't count like religion or anything, it's a good way for a, like young people or like adults to test their relationship prior to marriage. Like if you can, um, you can see if you can stay together for longer or not. And also, like, financial 
financially it's less of a hassle because you don't have to pay for the whole house by yourself. Do you think there are more pros to cons or more cons to pros? Like, what, what, what do you think are the possible cons to cohabiting with your partner before marriage? The cons could possibly be, like, you figure out halfway through living together that you're not suited together at all. So... There's also a pro. Yeah, lot. I would think a there's pro? a pro. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because, like, yeah. It, like you mentioned before, it's a test before marriage, right? So if you fail the test, it's still valid because you realize, oh, okay, at least I didn't commit to this person on paper. Adeline, what about you? Do you think there are any cons to living with a partner? From personal experience, there is a bit of both. But I don't think one outweighs the other. The pros would be, like what you guys mentioned, lah. You know, we do save money on on rent because it's more of like a collective household income as opposed to singular people. You don't have to take care of the whole house on your own because we can all agree that today's working world is vastly different from the past. Um, And I know the last thing you kind of want to do is come back to like a dirty ass house and then you alone, one person have to clean the whole house, right? So I think like that shared responsibility is also a, a, a pro lah, you know. I think the con here would be after an extended period of time, you get too comfortable. You get too comfortable in your routine of staying together. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as much as you guys love each other, there is a tendency that you fall into a very metronome plateau you know what I mean like a rut I wouldn't call it a rut per se to be very honest because I don't think it's a rut it's more like um, we're comfortable lah you know we don't need to do complacency complacent correct that's the word personally for me this is very much a con it is where you you Mm -hmm. fall into that complacency for too long that your potential plans in your future they kind of just I mean, they're always, you kind of have that feeling where, okay, like, they'll always be there. Right? We always have that plan to do it, right? but we don't have to do it now. Ma. Uh, how would you know if you're ready to get married? Ooh. That's a good question. <laughs> are you ready to get married? <laughs> I think, okay, I, I then have to ask you in what sense are you talking about? Because you can be emotionally, emotionally and mentally ready, but mm-hmm. then there are other aspects to it. Like, I know both of us are emotionally and mentally ready for it. But financially, we're not there yet. Mm, so once you're more financially stable, you, you're done for marriage? No? Yeah, because essentially, right now, the way uh, my partner and I live, mm. we're just married without the paper. So that's how it feels like for us right now. Okay. I think when you were talking about like a collective income, I thought of another con, which was from a financial standpoint, yeah, cohabiting can give you benefits because you're sharing rent or whatever. But at the same time, when it comes to taxes, you're still filing taxes as a single person. When it comes to a lot of other, like when it comes to buying property or anything also, it's kind of harder when you don't have that piece of paper marriage. So if you're thinking long term like that and you don't really have the financial means to go about all these issues, all these obstacles, then I would understand why marriage is the next logical step before cohabiting. It's interesting that none of us brought up that the coin was the possible ruin of our virtue. I'm not sure about Nadia, but I 
you and I feel, are pretty much on the same page when it comes to th- that issue. But what do you think, Nadia? Do you see that as a con, losing your virtue if you live or cohabit with a partner? Culture and religion were not a barrier. No, I don't think I would lose my virtue. Because, I mean, I feel like it's almost natural. But if you already live together, it comes naturally. But I want to ask something, right? If you're uh, cohabiting and you have children, what happens to your kids? So, like, I read this blog post uh, by a local law practice called Chia Lee and Associates. Our laws actually deem children born to unmarried parents as illegitimate. Lah. This can be resolved by our Adoption Act because they legitimize illegitimate children if their cohabitant parents adopt them. So you adopt your own kid? Yeah, your biological kid. But I wonder how easy or difficult that would be if you still remain unmarried. How does this work then? Because let's say you cohabit and you have a kid, right? But you're not married. And then you decide along the way, okay lah, I want to legitimize my kid. Then we get married. Is is that an instant legitimization or do they still have to go through the adoption process? Any lawyers listening to this, please answer our question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's an interesting thing, uh, thing to bring up. That's where feel if you want to cohabit and have children and all of those, do the whole nine yards minus the marriage and the piece of paper. You have to have you have to be at a certain level of privilege in order to maintain that lifestyle because yeah. financially one thing you can afford legal resources if it comes to having to adopt your own children. I mean if and, you want to have kids don't risk it though. Sorry go on. But I mean it's not the same for everyone. You look at I this is a very Western example, uh, but you look at Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, they go have it how many years? <laughs> not really, like, after don't know what nine, ten kids or whatever. But you look at them. They were at such a high privilege. Both of them were like immensely successful people. They had access to all of the like high class education, everything. So they were able, because of their status in society, they were able to avoid what a lot of, I think, middle class and working class cohabiting families, like the obstacles that they face. I think in in Malaysia, it, it, it's a it's a uh, it's a matter of legislation. We got it. It's like as long as the law remains the same, it's not practical, nor is it safe for you to try and conceive a child while insisting on staying un- unmarried, you know? Yeah, like in Malaysia, I feel like, like, yeah, like what you said, Nick, basically legislation and also religion have a huge influence over a lot of our lives. And mm-hmm. if I think that's a big risk also having children. As much as I am... For cohabiting, if you you also have to consider the legal and religious climate of your country yeah. and where you live, and mm. also your financial status, whether or not you'll be able to survive these obstacles. Unfortunately, that's something you have to consider, lah. Yeah. Well, I guess that comes to the end of today's topic. Do you guys have any questions that you want to bring up? It's just I um I asked the question about the child, that what happens to your kid, right? Mm. And I read in Malaysia Kini that children of cohabitors may become stateless. Mm. Whoa! Well, even their citizenship is affected yeah. by this. Yeah. Wow. What are the consequences of that? What does that mean? I mean, you need your IC for almost. Yeah, everything. they don't have IC. If you don't oh, have a birth certificate, you cannot have an IC. Yeah, because you have no citizenship. Oh mm-hmm. shit. I mean, you can still kind of register your child as a single parent child, right? 
it go it goes to the mother lah. Yeah, automatically you become your mother's uh child. Yeah, but then oh. that still constitutes a birth certificate, though, right? If there's no legal marriage certificate, then the Malaysian government considers the child to be the same nationality as its mother. But even then, these children might still become stateless. So it has to be both mom and dad. So at the end of the day, whether you choose to cohabit or not, I think weigh your weigh all the pros and cons, and uh, really think about what you're doing, lah. And also consider, you know, if you want to cohabit and have a child, these are things that you have to weigh in as well. In in when you when you come to your decision. Okay, so. That brings us to the end of our podcast for today. Yay. Thank you all so much for listening. Check out all our other content on the TFF Facebook, Instagram, our upcoming TikTok channel. Uh, we're also on Twitter. And also, of course, if you're listening to this on Spotify, because we're only on Spotify anyway, why are you not following us? Huh? So yeah, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. And we will see you next week. Bye. Ciao. Bye.